Everyman Podcast. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Another week, another pod. And I'll tell you what, bro. It's not just uh, any pod. This is a this is a special pod. Following up uh, last week's special pod as well, the wedding pod. First of all, I come to you now. I am a married man. Married. He is married. This is true. And he is owned. I'm back <laughs> from our honeymoon, and last week you heard. My wife and I talk a little bit about what it was like getting ready for it and how we were feeling going into it. And today, I'm here to recount all of the excitement. Now, before we get too far into it, I want to mention a few things. Uh, Number one is the messages and comments and uh, DMs we got. From all over the place, listeners, guests that um, reached out to congratulate us was awesome. That was great. We really appreciated it. And it it made you feel really loved, you know. So that was really cool. So so to all those who who reached out, thank you very much uh, from, from Sam and I. Now, a wedding is similar to a gig, in my experience. Except... It's, you know, everybody you know, all your family, all your friends, everybody's kind of there for it. And, you know, no gig is without its hiccups. Now, we had a slight, let's call it a slight miscommunication. Now, we don't like to call negative attention to people. So this, these, I'm not going to name names, okay? I'm not that kind of individual. Let's just say there's a miscommunication involving the booking of the lights on behalf of the DJ. Yeah. So now everybody knows that knows me knows I love lighting. It's kind of my thing. It's my, it was my thing as a drummer. I got LEDs on everything from sneakers to automobiles to this very room that I'm podcasting in right now. Big LED guy. So I said, you know what? We got the experience. We got the manpower. Let's get this done. We ended up renting our own lights. Shout out to Zio Group uh, in the uh, Philadelphia suburbs. They bailed us out big time, especially like a weekend before Halloween. A lot of weddings going on. Was not easy to find uh, equipment, but Zio Group, I've used them in the past, and they came through in a big way. So shout out to them getting us great lighting. So we get the lighting all set up, and then it's kind of like you're waiting around. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be dressed in 15 minutes, you know? And um, you, I mentioned this to you before. Like, you go to all these weddings as you're, you know, a child, and then into adulthood, and you experience them all in a different way. Maybe one time, you or somebody you know got way too drunk and they puked on the dance floor or something. Or maybe one time you had a somebody got food poisoning, or one time you got splat. Like, there's always something weird that happens. You, you remember the, the weird things. You also remember, like, oh, man, the cake was great at this one, or this one had the best DJ, or this guy, this had lobster, or whatever, whatever it is. You remember the good and the bad. And you have all these thoughts about all these other experiences, and then it's your th- then it's your wedding. And 
something like something just weird happens where it's like you're you're in it but there's so much going on around you and it's hard to capture all of it and it was very cool to a couple of things one you know we did the podcast thing beforehand which I'm so glad we did because it, it going forward you know we're always going to have that to look back at and you know we have friends that are photographers we like taking pictures we got a really nice camera as our wedding gift to each other and uh you know we documented the night before and you know the morning of and got great video of the ceremony and um that helps you know and then doing doing things like this taking notes along the way so the where the ceremony was great obviously how could it not featured my my big bro daryl uh you know sharing sharing his soul with us and, and and reading some scripture uh, on my behalf and that was awesome and it didn't go come without stress there was now the, the place we got married shout out to bear creek resort bear creek in uh the lehigh county pennsylvania great ski resort these people worked so hard did everything you could imagine and they were so easy to work with and like it's kind of in the middle of nowhere but for whatever reason, there was like a car on fire or something, and like everybody was running late. <laughs> and you were like, "I've been in the car since like two o'clock." <laughs> oh my god, dude! It was it was unbelievable coming up four seventy six in the turn for dude. It was like, how is it that we're leaving two and a half hours early, and we show up like ten minutes late? That makes no sense, man. It makes no sense. It's yeah, everything. It, it, Luckily, you know, just as we were lining up, I hear a low rumble and it's DC coming through <laughs> hot, coming in way hot, hugging everybody in his path. It was amazing. And then, and then it was perfect timing. Um, the ceremony was perfect. You know, the weather was perfect. The, our photographer, Victoria, you know, uh, stories by Victoria, all this stuff I'm going to put in the show notes. Uh, she was fantastic, and and she really captured um, who we are as like a people and a family, and was really just matched our energy and was was excellent to work with, and and the lighting was just perfect, just everything was perfect. It's 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 hard to find another word to describe it, and you know we have a great introduction, and of course you check it out on my Instagram. My wife loves me dearly, and. This is clear, by the way, I was able to convince her that coming out to Bleed by Meshuggah would be perfect, and everybody loved it, and it was perfect, and everybody was like, holy shit, this guy's a madman. How did this happen? And I question. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I've, I have convinced Sam that Meshuggah is, you know, the best, so um, it was just, it was great, you know, and we one last thing I want to mention about the ceremony before we, we move on is, you know, there's all this planning that goes into it. And it's like, do you want to do the photos that at this time, do you want to do them at this time? And a lot of the feedback that I had gotten from my friends was like, Oh, the first look, I wish I would have done that because it made it so much easier. And I, if you're like me, I had no idea what a first look is. And apparently it's this new thing where they document before the ceremony. So the first time you see your, soon to, your bride is in 
just the two of you in a secluded spot with the photographer and they, they capture it and you have this real intimate moment and then you do all your photos. Then you have the ceremony. Then you just basically party. So it saves a lot of time because the, the photos is the big, there's a lot of energy that goes into corralling everyone, getting everybody where they're supposed to be at the right time and getting photos of everyone that you need to get photos with. And, um, somehow, you know, I find myself in this moment down where we're going to get married and they had me kind of, I'm all ready to go. And, you know, I'm looking up at the, the resort, like the hotel and there was levels to it. And on one level was my groomsman and it wasn't planned out. It just happened. And they were all looking down at the ceremony site from the balcony. And then above them was the bridal suite. And it was all the women in, in Sam's party and the, and the moms um, looking down. And I'm like, now that's, it was just, it was surreal, you know? And then it's like really sinking in what you're doing. And because it's not just a piece of paper, it's not just uh, a ring. It's, it's a commitment. And you, I think you understand it when you propose and you know, you want to be married, but I feel like you don't, I didn't understand the gravity in terms of how it's going to, how it's affecting not just us, but all these other people in our lives that love us. And that sets in. And, you know, the, the one photographer is there was like, okay, hang on. Here she comes. Here she comes. Now I'm a, I'm a mutant and I, I love Tim and Eric. And all I could think about when he's saying, here she comes, wait, here she comes. Here she comes. Is the Tim and Eric bit where they, you know, it's like Weird Al and, and Eric Wareheim at the at a wedding, and it's like this like squirrel mute. And I'm like, you know, getting emotional, but also kind of giggling at this guy's choice of words and my weird humor. <laughs> and then you're just you suspend it, and then you turn around, and I, and I saw Sam, and you know, in her in her all her beauty uh, for the first time, and it was like crazy, you know, yeah. and you never, I'll never forget that. And I'm so glad we had that moment. And now I, you know, this Daryl. I'm an emotional guy and, and I talk about my mm-hmm. emotions all the time. And I've, I, when I was younger, I didn't quite get it because I was going through all my heart stuff. And I had, I felt like I had mm-hmm. to be this like tough guy, you know? And then yeah. I was tough for a long period of time. And then I just like, it was like a crack in a dam. And it's like, there was so much <laughs> repressed emotion that every now and then you don't know what it is. It's going to just turn it on, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've cried in front of Sam at two WrestleMania or well, at one WrestleMania and another wrestling. Just, you know what I mean? Like I cried to a Chris Farley documentary. Like it's, I have no, I'm just emotional. So it wasn't a surprise for, for her or anybody that knows me to, to see me crying. But if I didn't have that moment, I could, I don't know how I would have made it through, you know, my vows and getting through the ceremony and all that stuff, um, which was, was a special moment. So, you know, my advice is, you know, other than, uh, you know, enjoy it is, <laughs> is to the first look. Cause the first look is key. So we have a great night. Now, Daryl, 
what were your impressions of the wedding as a participant and, uh, you know, as a guest and participant in the ensuing party? Well, I mean, first of all, it was beautiful. Um, second of all, and you know me, it's, it's hard to stay contained when, you know, I'm surrounded by, you know, an environment where there's tons of love in the air and then seeing you cry when Sam came out and then going up to read scripture and like being underneath, you know, just with you guys, man, it was just, it was really hard to not just want to hulk out and just hug everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right then and there, I had to like keep myself contained. Um, but just family, man, family was the biggest thing. You know what I mean? I met your brother for the first time, you know, I mean, your mom looked absolutely beautiful. Papa Viz was there. He was took me out, outside, you know, that night. He was showing me different constellations and stars. It was, it was pretty sweet, man. Like, it's, it's like, you see that right there? I'm that's like, awesome. Holy crap, man. And he was just like, yeah, you can't see that one. It was like, that's, <laughs> that's what he did. It was just like, and then, and also, too, just like, you know, hug that with your bro and meet your nieces and dancing and like, doing MC Hammer around the dance floor just because I was a lunatic. And, dude, it's just, just awesome. Just awesome, man. And then, like, just seeing how everything come came full circle with, like, your family and, you know, like, all the people that you knew and just, it was, it was, it was absolutely wonderful. And then I remember there was one time, well, not even one time, but when you were dancing with Sam and then when you were dancing with your mom, um, I, like, started crying like bawling because I was just thinking to myself, I was like, if like if everybody knew like everything you've been through to get here. You know what I mean? Like to just get here. And then I started thinking about like, you know, we always talk about faith all the time, just kinda like the cosmic new and everything that's connected. Like I was just losing. I was just bawling because I was like, yo, dude, I got I got a bro, man. Like I, I really got a brother, man. And it's, and it was just, it was just, it was amazing, man. Like it was, I was so happy for you. I was so happy for Sam. And it, it was so cool to just see all of your family and friends. And then, you know, to like love on them and them hugging me. Like, do you see jumping? Like, it was just, it was amazing, dude. Like, I'm never going to forget that night. And, you know, I'm just truly thankful and blessed that, uh, you're my bro, man. Like it was, it was. I was just a bag of mush, man. But it was. It was like, like good mush. Yeah. yeah. Not, not too much, but it was. It was a good. Yeah, no. It was that, awesome. Thank you. And now I feel the same way. It was. Uh, it was a good night. Yeah, it was, dude. Yes, it was. It was a great night, and everybody had a great time. Yes, now, you know. Oh, 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 one more thing. It was really cool. Yeah, bro. I've been. We. I've been over your house. I've hung with you and Sam, and. I didn't, it didn't really like stick out to me until like you guys are reading your vows and like Sam's laugh is so stinking cute, bro. I know. It's I know. so stinking cute. That was the big takeaway. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, oh. and I think everybody who listened to the wedding pod heard a little bit of that and, and, you know, and I gotta, you know, shout out real quick, like Momo, Jose, Joe, Will, yeah. Beatty, you know, those guys came together and, and Joe's speech was like, like Yeah, dude. Walk off the stage. Wild. 
Yes, my God. I can't elaborate because I'll I'll just cry again. But it was uh, it was incredible, and, and at some point I'll, I'll share that in some format. But because um, we've got the documents. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, after the wedding, everybody goes down to the to the to the the bar, the after party. We're having a good time and you know, look, you could take you could take the boys off the road, but the road boys still know how to sneak a cooler of booze into a bar. And I'll tell you what, things got sloppy quick. It went from like 0 to 200 in 25 minutes. It was amazing. And uh we we had a great time and uh, you know, uh, Next morning, it's time to go. It's time to go on the honeymoon. Now, I'm about to give you what I'd like to consider the everyman's guide to the Florida Keys. Now, Daryl, you know what kind of guy I am. I love interacting with people, and I especially love it when I'm traveling. And I'm always looking for something. Like I'm, I, I always have this. I'm always looking around for something because there's always some weird shit going on. You just have to find it. You just have to be in the right place. Well, I've learned, I've just learned that it's, it's always, there's always something going on and, and the signs of it. It's like, it's become like a spider sense. Like I can just, I can sense it. So we, we decided, you know, when we were planning this wedding, we didn't know what was going to be an option. So we were looking, we we're like, well, Florida's a good bet for, gonna be an option uh let's do the keys you know and there's so many keys where do you where do you go everybody knows like key west key largo and just a little basic a little a gestalt if you will you know the keys were discovered essentially by people from the bahamas that ran out of space i met this guy who's seventh generation a tow truck driver who this tow truck driver will come into play soon (laughs) he was seventh generation key westian or conch as they call themselves the conch republic like his ancestors came over here on a boat from the bahamas had no idea where they were where they landed and they're like oh this looks good and they were like the first people to build bridges and shit and like settle here so like that's pretty cool like they never came up to the the big old u.s you know and it's weird (laughs) because like on a map Maps, first of all, are generally not at, like they they shape them. The size isn't always relevant. Like certain things are farther away than they look. They look on a map, or they're shaped larger than other. Like it's not exactly one to one. So you see these maps of the Florida Keys, and you're like, oh, it's like right there. Wrong. It's <laughs> fucking off the grid. You didn't realize until, and we we drove in, we flew into Miami, and a, and a company that shall remain nameless, but I am appreciative of their customer service. I'm very appreciative of their service. I rented a car in Miami, and we drove down, but we drove down at night because our flight got pushed back. So it, originally, I wanted to be able to drive down during the day, really take in the scenery. But we drove in at night, and it's like, it's dark as shit it's probably the darkest place i've ever been because you're driving through like the end of the swamps that like miami just turns into the swamps pretty quick (laughs) you're driving through that which then turns into the ocean for a hundred miles so we drove basically a hundred miles into the ocean 
and you can't tell because it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. We go, we get our rental keys from the place. It's nine o'clock. Only thing that's open. They have a Wendy's. Now I haven't had Wendy's in a long time. Let me tell you something. It was fucking great. I was <laughs> starving at that point. I don't know, but shout out to Wendy's marathon. Now we stayed in uh, marathon, which is like in the middle of the keys. Wake up the next day and it's like, holy shit. I'm like on a tropical Island. This is insane. Yeah. Like, because you'd see the pictures, but, and it was like being teleported to this, like, because of driving through night and you're looking around and it's like, okay, so there's the golf over there. And then like a football's throw away is the Atlantic. And I've never seen water this clear. I've never been to a, the DR or any of these beautiful islands. I've, you know, this is crazy to me. And there's a, there's a channel behind the house. And then I'm like, I go out front and it's like, oh shit, there's fucking lizards here, you know? And like, oh my God, there's iguanas everywhere. Like they had a, it was like a iguanas, like, like we have squirrels and raccoons here. It was, it was nuts. And like, we're in the pool and you hear a rustling and this fucking iguana just falls out of the tree and catches itself with its one little paw. Yeah. And pulled it. It was crazy. And it was like, I don't know, man, two feet long. It was large and you see it and they look like they look like dinosaurs yeah little weird even weirder they have like a wild chicken issue in the keys so dude apparently they got overrun with chickens by the settlers like the people that settled that area and they can't get rid of them and these chickens are fucking everywhere. Like you pull into a gas station and there's like five chickens walking through, like clucking at you, <laughs> eating potato chips. And it was crazy. It's weird. And yeah. you get used to it after a couple of days, but it's still like, there's no like little birds on the ground because the iguanas eat them. Right. <laughs> and then the chickens are walking around and you get like chickens and iguanas hanging out in the parking lot at the shell station. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. No natural friend. Well, you're in wow. like, dude, I, Look, man, I growing up in Pennsylvania, when I think rural, I think of like rural PA, the plains, right. that kind of thing. Nature. That's what you think of when you think like living with nature. This was the most living with nature that I've ever seen in my life. And maybe I'm like an idiot from the suburbs, but like seeing six foot long fish with teeth in 12 inches of water. You know what I mean? Like that's crazy to me. You know, a manatee that just dude, Sam goes, Oh, I really, I would, I swear this is 100% true. We're in the pool. Okay. The pool's this beautiful saltwater pool at this sick ass Airbnb. And there's like a channel behind the house with boats that leads out to the Gulf. And then you can go do your fishing. She goes, I'd really like to see a manatee. She gets up out of the pool, walks over to the side of the thing. I don't know, within a minute and a half. She's like, oh, my God, babe, come here, come here, come here. I'm like, and I get out of the pool, and I'm thinking, like, is it a, is it a body? What do we have here? What do we have here? And she's like, it's a manatee. It's a manatee. And this thing comes up, dude. This majestic, just docile, sentient sea hot dog comes up and it's like (laughs) the closest thing I've ever seen to a Pokemon number one 
Right. And number two, it was like soulful. It was weird. Yeah. Weird. Spooky. Okay, this is the first of my spooky marine encounters, by the way. Mm. It hangs out with us for like a half hour. And then it leaves. And we, and we notice it's got these, it's got propeller marks on it. And that's what happens. They get hit. And it's crazy because yeah. as soon as it comes up and it's there and he's hanging, she she leaves like just whew, like a cloud. It's crazy. You, you just don't even see it. Yeah. Came back the same time for three days in a row. Nuts. Whoa. Dude. Yeah, that's same so one because cool. we could see the, the marks were clear on it. And it would like come in from the same side and we come and hang out and talk, like make these like noises and stuff. Yeah. Nuts. Like, Dude, it's so cool. like that's like major ocean life to me. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, how big, how big bro. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell for sure. And I looked it up. They can be like six to 10 feet long or bigger. This thing might have been eight feet long, you know, but it could have been longer. It was hard to tell yeah. under the water. And the one time when it left, the one time its tail came up. And its tail was like probably three, three and a half feet across. It was huge. Wow. Like you couldn't get your arms around it. it. Like it was like a, it was like a barrel with a dog's head with a dolphin tail. It was weird. And like, if you saw that in the wild and you had no idea, that might as well be a dinosaur. Right, a, a common, right. th- a common theme of the keys, <laughs> which by the way, are in the middle of the ocean. Which is nuts. Yeah. Okay. And you forget it, but then on the way out, you're like, "Oh my god, I've been in the middle of the ocean for a week. This is sick." Yeah. I want to move here. You know what I mean? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So, we, you know, we're like enamored with this place. And we're like, "All right, what do we do?" So, we had like looked up a couple things. First place, I was like, "Let's get in the car, the Challenger. Let's get in the Challenger. Let's cruise. We'll see what's up." I find a bagel shop. We go to the bagel shop, Marathon Bagel. Really good stuff. And you know what? Coming from the Northeast, we know bagels. Okay? They were good. I told him. I said, listen, that's where I'm from. These are good. We see the Turtle Hospital. We That was on the list. We take a hard right. Slam in there. Oh, look at this. Perfect timing. Next tour group. Now, Turtle Hospital, their whole thing is rescue, rehab, release. So they get these turtles that get caught up in shit. And they help them get healthy. And then release them that's their whole thing is they don't the only ones that stay they have to have three arms and one eye which i thought was interesting um that's the bare minimum for a sea turtle to successfully navigate the waters and of course they educate you on like hunting and how the keys they used to just the the keys down there used to be like millions of sea turtles and then by like 1930 there was like 14 turtles left there was something like like it was horrible like there used to be sea turtle like you'd be trip over them you know and they just hunted them you know and on one hand it's like what were they supposed to do at that time you know I don't know I'm not an animal ethics expert but I don't know I get it I guess but anyway they, they, they educate you on like how they're taken for their shells and the difference of the turtles and apparently there's like four different sea turtles and then you get to go Meet the turtles. And this was like something Sam was really excited about. She got to feed yeah. the turtles, which was, was cool. I sent you the video of that. They had these little yeah, baby dude. little baby sea turtles that oh, were born oh, there. Yeah. And and they were like, like the size of a softball 
or smaller. Like they were these tiny things and they get huge. Like these things, these loggerheads, apparently they can like bite through a human's whole arm in one shot. Just like, wow. And they've, and they've done it regularly. Like they, it's, and you had to sign a release that was like, yeah, well, if you put your fingers in there and they take them, that's on you, bro. Like they're very, (laughs) they're very serious about that. So you gotta be careful. Um, and, uh, you know, the turtle hospital was awesome. It was like one of the, it was like right away. I was like, man, I love sea turtles because they seemed again, they're like soulful, you know, they they were just these peaceful creatures and they were going around. They had these big lagoons and they're paddling around. They have these pools for them for hurricanes and stuff. And how big were they? Like the biggest one you saw? Biggest one I saw was probably like four feet across. I mean, that's pretty big for a turtle. That's pretty big. Yeah. And like they, they generally get like, it depends on which breed they are. Like the loggerheads get huge. Those are the ones that can be like eight feet across. And then there's like, I forget the name of the one, but it's like, they're super elusive and they've only been seen in the wild a couple times. And occasionally they wash up, but those are like the giant ones, but they don't, they won't bite you or anything like they're cool to interact with. But the, the loggerhead ones, which are the, like the ones you think of, or at least the ones I would think of as sea turtle, kind of the, the snappy nose, yeah. apparently not cool. And they're like super predators against turtles. They go after dolphins. Crazy shit. Turtles eating dolphins? Holy they try shit, to. Bro. They try to. Because some dolphins, and which you'll, we'll find out later, sometimes dolphins just hang out. Because they like, I'll save the dolphin facts for a moment here. Now, we have a great time there. We go, we check out this beach nearby, Sombrero Beach. Good time. And you're like, all right, the water's a little choppy here. We're not going to go in. This, there's a storm coming. We head back home. Now, next morning, this is where things get interesting. Again, hey, marathon bagel. Let's get a quick bagel. I hop in the Challenger. Again, the Challenger. And I go down to the bagel shop, pick up the bagels, and I'm driving back. Now, it's like 90 degrees, 85% humidity. It's pretty humid, pretty hot. And I was, I didn't have enough tank tops, so I had to go in, like to the beach store and get these beach tank tops, which are sick, so now I'll never need beach t-shirts again. I'm running the air. It's hot. All right. Come back to the house. Park the car like a good boy. Now, this is a beautiful Airbnb recently restored uh, after a hurricane. The the park, the driveway is like one of those fancy paver driveways where it's like individual bricks put together for this sick-ass driveway. We come back. I pull in. Car guy park, you know, back in. And lock the car, go inside. Sam's like, ah, forgot my phone. Toss her the keys. She walks out. Goes to the car. Now, if you've ever... Now, I'm a big fan of the Challenger. Alright? Up until this moment. And I've rented them probably nine times. I've driven them a ton for, like, work trips and shit. Or, like, when we travel... I'll get one if they have them because it's a fun car to drive. And it's like, you know, it's it's like a normal car. It's a normal fun car, sort of. Sort of. Camaros, Corvettes, Challengers, Chargers, any of these fancy coupes now with the big windows and the low roofs have these automatic windows that duck down when you unlock the door 
to clear the low roof and the size of the window. And then when you close the door, it goes right back up and it, and it locks into the sill. Now, that apparently is not good for windows. Sam goes out, unlocks the door, grabs, does like goes to get the, the handle. The window tries to do that unlock mechanism, literally explodes into no. thousands of pieces all over her, all over the driveway. And I, I'm in the house and like, I didn't hear it somehow. And she pops like her head in the door and goes, the panel broke. And I'm thinking she's talking about, she walked out the screen door, let the screen door drop and the panel fell out like the storm right. window. And I'm yeah. like, I walk out and I'm like, door is fine. What are you talking about? And she's like, Standing there, like arms up, like shot in literal shock, like kind of shaking. And I'm like, "What?" And, she, and I came over, and there's fucking glass everywhere, Daryl. Oh, I'm talking dude. in a 20 foot radius because I measured from where the car was parked, be over her head, behind her. It, it, I was picking it up out of the trees, the palm trees that were in the corner. Okay. Holy crap! Absolutely crazy. Now. For, uh, number one, by some miracle of the Lord, she had her eyes closed, and I think she was said she had she had just put her glasses on. I'm pretty sure, and so it didn't get in her eyes or mouth or anything. And it's and it's that safety glass that is supposed to shatter, but it still I cu- I got cut on it. it. It definitely could have cut her. Yeah, and then it's all over the place where kids are going to be. Walking right. around shit because it's a beach house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at first I'm like, all right, you okay? You know? Right. Which quickly turns into a heightened state of anger. And <laughs> and then I'm like I'm like a premier member of this said rental company. So I have like the customer service whatever. So I call him like uh, what the fuck? I've been married for four days. You nearly, this thing nearly kills my wife. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we're sorry. We'll send a tell. We'll send a tell. Well, they send a tell. They never actually send a tell. They're like, we're going to send an Uber. Oh. We're going to send an Uber, take you to the airport in Marathon, get you a new rental car, no problem. Me, I'm like, okay. We'll come out of this. Get down to the Marathon Airport where I find the least helpful gentleman. I encountered in most most of my travels. Guy was a total pecker, okay? Oh. You know, and, and they had no fucking cars. And he goes, I have a 15-passenger van, but it's commercial, so I won't rent it to you. And I was like, got it. So <laughs> I'm, fu- I'm pissed off and fighting with this said company on the phone. And I'm like, all right, I know there was a Jeep rental place somewhere. I saw it when we were driving around. Just call them, go get a car, and we'll figure it out. So shout out to Key West Adventures and my man Scott. Got us a beautiful Jeep with a convertible top all the way down. Big-ass yeah. tires, bright orange. It was sick. Perfect beach car. Yeah. We're, we're driving all over the place. You know what I mean? It was perfect. So Key West Adventures, if you're down there, check them out. And we settle all the business with the rental car, but I'll tell you what. It will remain a mystery 
I do not know what happened with that. I wish it was something as simple as like somebody slammed the door, you know, but it clearly wasn't. And to their credit, and I'll leave them nameless, they took responsibility for it and everything's good. So nothing to worry about. Everyone's happy. However, I am done with the challenger. Uh, that ended my infatuation with the challenger because I was like, that is a flaw because then I looked into it and I found quite a few people specifically in Southern States because there's an issue. Let's just say there may or may not be an issue with humidity and heat having nowhere to go. Um, and then you have a window, um, a window that's taking extra because normally that glass isn't rated to take that extra tap all the time. So if that shit comes out of the the groove, you know, or it gets yeah. damaged in any way, then you have intense heat. And it was, dude, if you've been to the Miami airport, of course, right for for work, yeah, dude, yeah. yeah. You ever go to the rental car place? You know how you know how fucking far that is, and then it's like in the basement depths of a parking garage in yeah, Miami. Bro. It's like a concrete yeah. hellhole down there, you know. And it's like I could totally see heat being an issue with this vehicle, and then. I'm blasting AC on it after it's been sitting in the heat for a week. Right. And then, you know, booyah. Yeah. So I'm done with anything that involves a window that goes like this, you know, with Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I don't, I'm going to, (laughs) it's not going to be my new criteria for vehicles. So Key West Adventure hooks it up. A couple interesting places, Bahi Honda State Park. And we met an interesting, we met a young lady who was from New York, then Miami, then the Keys. She said, Bayanda is how you say it. So, Bayanda. It was like it was like a Caribbean, what I imagine a Caribbean paradise to be, which is crazy. Like, I sent you some mm-hmm. photos. It's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, we come back from Bayanda, and we're hungry. Now, this whole time, I, I had picked out some spots I knew I wanted to check out for food. You know, shout out to Island Fish Company, Burdines at the waterfront, which that's where those sunset photos were, dude. Went up there, had yeah. like one drink and, a, you know, and you look out, you're right there on the, it's, it's bananas. Yeah. So I'm on the lookout for local spots. The first day we were there, we went to this place called El Cuban Habanero. And it was a RV that they lived in on the side of the ocean. And they had a food truck trailer. And it was this Cuban couple that were older. And they made yeah. Cuban sandwiches and fried fish. And I got this Cuban yeah. sandwich, dude, that was like insane. Like it was, I, it was like, it was so good. It's so real. So good. Yeah. The bread. I mean, come on. It's fucking, oh, it's wild. It was wild. And it was like this yeah. literally a, a little shack by the ocean. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so I'm looking for places like that. And I see this like hand painted sign that's kind of crooked. And it said La Isla Tacos. And I was like. This has got to be good. Yeah, you got you got to go. Yeah. So we pull in, and it's like a again, it's like a little tiki bar with a food truck next to a, like an old time looking motel, like somewhere that would have like a hot tub shaped like a heart or a vibrating bed, yeah. something like that. Looked awesome. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, we can come over here. So we had these like, it was Taco Tuesday. It was amazing. It's like half price tacos. You fucking kidding me? So I'm eating these like incredible fish tacos, steak tacos, the whole thing. La Isla Tacos, unbelievable. We notice it's a bar. We're like, we're going to have to come back here later. So we come back here later. The bartender's yeah. like, oh, hey, look, you're back. And I was like, dude, I told you. Okay, come home, get changed. This is a good spot. More chips, more tacos. 
All of a sudden, nice. all of a sudden, a dog, this beautiful, giant yet golden retriever, pops up behind the bar, and he's like going to everybody. Everybody at the bar knows him, and they're giving him treats. His name's Midas. Midas is just <laughs> hanging out, getting treats. You know, petting petting everybody. Everybody's loving him. It was crazy. And I'm like, man, what a great, what a what a great bar. It's got good tacos and this dog that works here. You know, it's it's <laughs> nice. it's unbelievable. And we when we meet this couple and a shout out to Sue and she hears that we're on our honeymoon and she gives me this gift certificate to go to the Dolphin Research Center. And dolphins are something that I've never actually seen. Like I've seen them at Ocean City, Maryland like in the water from far away. Mm-hmm. I've never seen them in an aquarium or like a zoo or anything like that. So all I know about them is like what I've read and seen, you know, on the internet or whatever. Right. And we go to this, this dolphin research center and you have no idea what to expect. And, you know, before anybody gets too concerned, I was unsure because you hear like places like, I can't, we can't even say places like, but you know, these places that, mm-hmm. that are out there that are not good for animals. And it's like, at first glance, you think like anywhere, but they're not all, that's not what all they do. And this is not a place like that. This is a, a genuine research center where they rehab dolphins and they're like in these natural lagoons and they can go in and out, which is crazy. Yeah. Like they can go out into the bay and then they just come back because they like it. Yeah. And they like to do shit. And we get there early and there's like nobody really there. And this, this girl, shout out to Bianca, this trainer, she's apparently new there. And um, she's like working with these two dolphins. Now, Daryl, you know me. There's two things I'm going to take you up on. One, it's an offer to do anything. And two, mm-hmm. if you say, ask me questions, I'm going to pepper you with questions. Got to be careful what you say. To Brother Jay, okay? Because I will I will take you up on it, all right? Every time. This lady's like, okay, go ahead, ask me some questions. And I'm just like, you know, just like, just down, just peppering this this poor gal with questions. And then she's like, okay, you want to you wanna teach him, you want to have him do that? And I'm like, yeah, are you kidding me? Of course. So she like teaches us how to like get their attention. And like, I had this moment where, again, I've never seen a dolphin, okay? Right. And this is like, might as well be a pond in a park here. Like, that's the mm-hmm. level of between you and this, I don't know, eight-foot bottlenose dolphin that's all muscle and teeth. And, a, and, yeah. and it's like three feet away from me. And it's like looking me in the eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean and I'm like this is yeah. there's something going yeah, on yeah. here I yeah. can't quite put my finger on it but uh, I don't like the way this I, I, I like the way this dolphin's looking at me but I'm also a little worried that this dolphin is thinking about me in a way that I can't think about him like it was right. it was just it was powerful as, as I'll say and I'm like blown away by how intelligent these these animals are and they're they're like doing things in perfect unison like she's saying do this and they do it perfectly together in timing 
without any sort of coordinating or telling them to do it together in time. And they just, you know, and yeah. they did this thing where it's like, they they do, and you see it in movies, right? And you think of like yeah. that movie, that Rob Lowe movie with the animal where he does the dolphin thing in the pool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you and your friends <laughs> in the pool always try to like swim with your feet. Watching these things come up out like 85% of their body length out of the water and like shimmy on just their tail and they're like looking at you and they're smiling and they're making noise and they're happy and you're like, it's it's yeah. it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, go fast. And I sent you some pictures where it's like up on the water. Yeah. These things just went like they, they can go 30 miles an hour above the water like for short bursts it yeah. was and it was like a boat going across like somebody on a jet ski going across it was like it was crazy and it's like how are they doing that And they're like oh well they just move their tail a certain way and i'm thinking okay but how did you tell the dolphin that it can do that with its tail at a you like i have too many questions now daryl you know me also i'm even when I'm on my honeymoon and on vacation, I'm always looking for potential podcast material right. and podcast Absolutely. guests. So I take Absolutely. note of the place. I take note of the website. Let's just say I've already reached out to the media director. And pretty soon we're going to have some some guests on from the Dolphin Research Center to talk to us about what they do there and dolphins and all the cool things. And you know it'll be it'll be epic. One other note about the dolphins. She does this thing. She's like, "Oh, do do you? Want, I'm gonna have them bring you a wedding gift." And we're like, "Okay." So she tells the one dolphin to to find a gift. Okay, and this dolphin just goes, she, like she does her whistle right, and it's. And I was trying to understand how they're training them. I'm like, "Are you training them that like one whistle does this, and then do this, then this, then this? Like they learn things in sequence. Like how are you teaching these animals? You know, and." It's kind of what they do, but these dolphins are able to do like five step directions with like one whistle and one hand motion, which is like, like you can teach a, you can wrap your head around teaching a dog to like sit, stay, lay down, roll over. Right. But then if you were like, okay, then go into the woods, find me an acorn, bring the acorn to that bucket, then bring the butt, you know what I mean? Like, Right. You wouldn't be able to teach a dog that. You couldn't teach a toddler that. Okay. Yeah. And she's t- demonstrating how they use their echolocation, and she could prompt them to do their echo thing, which, seeing that in person, is like, again, as someone who's never seen a dolphin. Okay. Right. To see them like doing that, and you know, it's and it's just it's surreal. And it yeah. makes you feel like. What is, is it a sound or is it like how does it? You can hear it, dude. Does... You can totally hear it. Like it's it's like the it's the clicking. It but it's yeah. hearing it with your own ears. And as somebody who's all like, I have pretty sensitive hearing to pitch and and frequencies and stuff. And I can, I've been told getting ultrasounds like I can hear certain frequencies and I'll comment when they change and they'll be like, how do you how are you you know I'm like I don't know just, just my brain is weird and um. So, like, I'm, like, sensitive to, like, high frequencies and shit. And, like, hearing them vocalize and do their, you know, echolocation noise was supremely interesting. Because it makes you feel like 
we're the weird ones that like don't do this right. kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Like the, yeah. these mammals over here can like balance their entire body weight out of the water for minutes at a time, can jump and flip, can take all sorts of direction. And then she tells it to get a gift and it does its echolocation thing, finds a little black rock in the bottom of the lagoon and brings it up and gives it to the trainer. And then she gave it to us. And we have this little rock that this dolphin found for us in the bottom of this lagoon. And it's like, how do you how do you teach a dolphin to go find something and then bring it back? Right. right. I got to find – and I need to find out. And I hope they can answer that simple question. How did you teach the dolphin to go get a rock for me? It's a little hard for me to wrap my head around. And somebody might be listening to this podcast and think that I'm a – just a, an absolute moron, which might be true. Then please tell me. No Someone explain me because no I've been reading about it. I can't figure it out. I have, however, found out about how pretty much every naval power in the world uses dolphins for military purposes, which is crazy. So I think they're, after hanging out with the dolphins for a little bit, I think there may be something going on that they're keeping. The, the normal man and woman from knowing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a little too powerful. So shout out to the dolphin research center and Bianca. Um, and like I said, we're going to have somebody from there soon. Now, one of our big adventures that we did before we wrap up here is kayaking. Now, mm. Sam loves the kayak. It's something I've done like maybe twice on, on like small lakes. I've been in canoes, I'm in the Cosmic Canoe every week. But I'm not like a kayaker. I do have my boating license, fun fact. Nice. Does not make me a kayaker. kayaker. (laughs) However, I was excited to give it a try and and do it. And we're looking. There's all these different places in the Keys. You can, like, somebody can just drop a kayak off to you and you can go do your own thing. Or there's all these little places that have marinas where you can just – Rent them there, go out. The, the state parks all have kayaks to rent. And, the you know, because you're basically, you know, I'm wondering why <laughs> why are the, there no waves out here? And it's like because you're in 100 miles into the ocean. Yeah. That's, you know, that's you're, they're, they're not all slamming up against the continental shelf because you're in the ocean already, dummy. Yeah. And uh, the water's really relaxed and, and calm there. So there's like no waves. So you could just go kayak wherever. My my buddy tells me, yo, you got to go to Isla Mirada. Check out Robbie's. They have these giant tarpon. You can feed them right off the right off the deck and throw them fish. They eat it out of your hand. There's these giant pelicans. Everything in Florida, or at least in the Keys, looks like it's a dinosaur. Between the alligators, yeah. the manatees, the dolphins these birds that are fucking five feet tall standing out of the water with giant Mm -hmm. eyes that are looking right at you. Like you're on the menu. Like they were bizarre. The iguanas, the little lizards, like everything stingrays, dude, we saw, we saw just stingrays in the water. It was crazy. Like, I don't see these kind of things in real life. This is bizarre to me. So we go and, and there's a couple different options you can do for the kayaks. There's you get the single kayaks or the double kayaks. And I'm thinking, let's get the double. That way, in case you were to get tired, I can we're, we're in one boat. 
Like, I don't know really what we're getting ourselves into. And we've been out in the sun a lot. We get the double kayak and this guy hands me this map. Now, I'm no seaman. And I, <laughs> I am also not a cartographer. However, I have a very good sense of navigation. I can... I understand how roads are and they work. I can travel well. I can also read a map. I'm old enough to have used an actual map. And he hands me like a screenshot blown up from Google Maps. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, this, this, there's no way this is to scale because I'm, and he's showing me like, okay, we're here. This is where you're going. And where he's pointing is Indian Key, which is an old wrecking colony which we'll get to in a second and he's pointing it's over there it's behind this bridge you just you're right there i'm looking at it it looks really close i'm like okay and then the other option is like this mangrove trail so we get out in the kayak and it is immediately clear that this is like four or five miles you know like it's not it's not the (laughs) 500 yards you know and I, I had my G-Shock watch on, so I timed it. And we're in low tide. And we're going, and the water's crystal clear. But now we're going under this bridge that's like, it's the overseas ocean highway. It's like a proper 50-foot concrete highway bridge. And we're like, going through it. You know what I mean? And we're like getting towards the island. And halfway through, and thank goodness, we got, I noticed when we went to the beach, pretty much all the locals there were wearing like these sun shirts that are like the same as like wearing a SPF 40 and they're for fishermen and stuff. So you don't get fried and they're also somehow cool. Like they let the breeze through, but not the sun. It's really cool. So I got the, and I'm thinking like this goes against everything in my being to put on a long sleeve shirt in this climate. Thank God I did because I would have been toast. So we both got these sick ass turtle shirts. We put them on and we're going through and I'm like, we're halfway there and I'm like, this is far. But yeah. we're going to get there. And we get there. And then the guy's like, yeah, there's a brown flag where you put your boat. So we get to this first spot. And it's like we had these water shoes on that were for the ocean. Again, great clutch move. We get out our feet just sink into like a foot of shit. Like muck and whatever. you know. And it's like, yeah. like you can't get your feet out. And you got this heavy ass. A kayak when it gets on ground is not exactly light and easy to wield. And you and me and Sam are trying to get, you know, we finally find, we're like, this isn't it. We go back out in the water. We find a spot we think is it. We put it on the spot on the ground. We're like, oh, we'll be fine. We're walking around the wrecker colony. Now, this place used to just be an island outpost of essentially pirates. There was a naval trading yard there. These guys would go out and just recover gold and shit from sunken boats that were coming through the spice routes and the slave trade and all that stuff. And they would just go down cause they could see and they would just send dudes down to like swim to the, Look, right. yeah, <laughs> with no God. Yeah. Like they just would pull all this shit up. Now there was, you know, native Americans in the area that they had taken land from and resources from. And one night native Americans were like, Hey, we're getting our shit back. They came over and they killed everyone in their sleep. Hmm. Yeah. Again, I'm, a, I'm the kind of guy I like to, oh, there's some history here. Let me look into it. And then you find out, not exactly the most romantic. So, like, you're there and you got, you're kind of conflicted because you know what happened here. 
But mm-hmm. it's like a beautiful island in the it's like a private island in the middle of the ocean. Right. We do a little scuba diving, which again they were like, Oh yeah, the scuba di- area is over there. We get over there and it's like fifty feet of razor rock. Like this crazy ass sharp and you're like we were super careful and luckily but I was like, Man, not as easy as it looked. But still awesome. But like it was a challenge, you yeah. know what I mean? But like they de- I definitely was like I'm glad I read the reviews because I had my boat shoe, I had my water shoes, I had my seat, my turtle shirt. I yeah, had all prepared. Yeah. And if, but I could see, and I don't want to give people the wrong impression. I loved it. I could see if you were not prepared, it being a tough day. Yeah. Yeah. So we get back to our boat and the water is rising and it's like, ah, Yes. Good thing we got back when we did because I might have had to go out and get the boat. We get back on the boat. We and you know I I just was disoriented. We're out in the sun. It's hot. We took a wrong avenue, shall we say, and we came back like the long way along the highway, and we must have paddled. And I I one of these days I'm gonna go and retrace the route on my GPS on my phone. I want to see how far we paddled because I think it was a good five to ten nautical maybe not five maybe five miles total it was a long long kayak let's put it that way yeah, yeah. but it was beautiful How long did it take you about 40 minutes of paddling yeah. that's a lot of time and you think 40 minutes walking it's not like 40 minutes walking yeah 40 minutes paddling is a long time and even if you're like in okay shape like i am like an okay shape it was it was a good workout. We were fucking pooped at the end. So by the way, then now I, I set all this up. You know, we're we're kayaking through this this water. We go and do the mangroves, which were beautiful. The mangroves were the best part of the, the experience because you're like it's picturesque. You're in there with the trees and all the beauty. You see signs like warning alligators, do not put your dick in the water or whatever. Right. We come back we return the kayak guys like, all right, cool. We go, we get some like water ice sort of thing that they have there. Like they call it shave ice, which is like similar to water ice, wood ice. Then we go out, we're watching the tarpon get fed and the local fishermen are coming back and just throwing their, I don't know, squid and chum, whatever the hell off the deck. And at first you're seeing these big ass tarpon. And we saw a couple when we were in the boat and we saw stingrays when we were in the boat and like, Whoa, and all of a sudden you see a little shark and you're like, oh, oh, that's cute. Look at that little guy. And then here comes like a six and a half foot Mako shark. And you're like, I literally just kayaked right there. Yeah. You know, like you're like, oh man, fuck. Like, they're like, and it's like, good thing they're throwing food over here. Maybe that's why we're good, you know? But I would have shit if we were in the kayak and I saw that shark. I mean, dude, this thing, it was like, whoa, that's a shark. Like, yeah. it was not, and it wasn't, and this is something I've seen at the, the Camden Aquarium, and that's why I knew what it was. I'm like, yeah, that's a big shark. Like, that's a shark you would see at the aquarium. It was crazy to see a wild shark that big, uh, that close. And I'm talking, you know, you're on a floating pier, like a little, yeah. like like in a, like in a lake. You know, people pull their little speedboat up to nothing crazy. Right. Right there in the water right below you. But you guys, you guys saw stuff like that while you were paddling, right? Like, 
the water was clear enough to see like oh yeah but you, there, but there was no sharks we didn't see any sharks on the way there they said yeah there's some wildlife out there but they didn't tell us that there was you know mako sharks and shit mm-hmm. we saw stingrays oh, going through the stingrays are super cool yeah this one was maybe a foot across but at the aquarium we went to we saw you know quite a few stingrays that were like they had one that was like six foot across. It was huge. Huge, I tell you. Yes. But, but but between the Dolphin Research Center, the Sea Turtle Hospital, Key West Adventures, Bayanda, Robbie's, shout out to Berdeen's, beautiful waterfront, Island Fish Company, El Cuban Habanero, La Nina, which is another great Cuban place. Got a great Cuban coffee, my lord. Yeah. Bro. You guys did it, bro. Yeah, I did it. Now, there, there's one thing that I wanted to say for you here. Now, I sent you a text. I would send you a, a flurry of texts every now and then when I had a moment of just observations that I had to get down as accurately as I could. Like I, like I would think a reporter would. Now, one, somebody I work with, uh, one of our customers was like, hey, you know, you should check out Fantasy Fest while you're down there. Now, Daryl, you've been to New Orleans plenty of times, right? Mm-hmm. New Orleans and Bourbon Street has a special aroma and aura to it. Mm-hmm. That of alcohol and piss at any time of day. Yeah. When we got to Key West, it felt very much like Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, we're in the Wild West. Like, there's no rules here. And mm-hmm. it's very quick. You see this very quickly. Now, we had been driving down, and there's the Key West Naval Base. We're seeing fighter jets just ripping across, doing all these training maneuvers. And again, we're in the convertible Jeep. I'm listening to – all I listened to was the Bob Marley channel on Sirius for the whole week. I'm just listening to – I'm an island boy. I'm just straight up listening to reggae, the Bob Marley channel 24-7 all week long. It was great. Occasionally, we'd put on Margaritaville, but I put it right back. I'm in this like island chill mentality, and we get down there, and all of a sudden, there's a shitload of people, and it's weird. And I'm like yeah. wearing a tank top and shorts, and I feel overdressed. And <laughs> then we go right into this this distillery. It's this you know, Ernest Hemingway had a house down there, so everything's Hemingway shit. And we go to this play this rum place we get a drink and they're like oh yeah you could take it out on the street so we're like oh yeah that's right i forgot there's no rules here so immediately i'm i'm starting to understand i'm getting a little bit more acclimated with the people because i'm like no i'm not as sober anymore now we've been there for eight minutes tops i go back they have the parking meters to you know, you go and you, you you put in your five hours or whatever, and they give you the ticket. You put the ticket in. Just like most beach towns have parking. Right. And you got to go renew it every couple hours. It's real pain in the ass. I go to pay for the parking. Put the thing in the, the, the ticket. Come back. Right, I'm like, all right, babe, let's go. Grab the camera bag. And we're walking. And I see this guy with the body of Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Like... Not to shame anyone's figure by any means, but I want you to really visualize this. This gentleman was skinny as a rail except for a weirdly large 
belly. Like everything mm-hmm. was skinny, but this belly. Now they have this rule down there where you can be completely naked as long as you have body paint on. Like the laws, the law, like it must be the best being the mayor of Monroe County because like you just get to make outlandish rules. Like you can be naked if you're body painted, you know, like, okie dokie, you know, like it just seems completely ridiculous and absurd. So a lot of people are body painted. Now you can look up fantasy fest for yourself. There's a, there's a lovely website. Just take a look at some of the events you'll quickly gain an understanding of the general makeup of the crowd. It's a little bit of everyone, but skewed towards a certain audience. Right. This fella is completely nude. Head to toe. Mm. The body of God. He grabs a sandwich at this shop, and he proceeds to hop on his bicycle. In the 90 degree, 80% humidity, Florida temperature, by the way, Hops on his bicycle, throws his sandwich in the basket, and rides off. And me and my wife look at each other. We just go, all right, this is this is going to be a good time. I've never, and it was like a frozen in a moment of time, seeing this man's bare painted ass on that seat with his balls in the distance just flopping off as he cycles away with his hoagie was one of the lasting beautiful memories I will have of the Florida Keys. And and we were hoping we would see this guy again because it was like it was almost like seeing and and I I preface this with we've seen wild manatees, we've seen wild sharks, wild stingrays. I've seen yeah. some of the most beautiful majestic creatures all week. All pale in comparison to the the majesty of this guy riding his bike with his hoagie into the distance, totally naked, painted like gray. And it wasn't even like he was painted like anything. He just like put some paint on his balls and got right. went out to work. It was amazing. Yeah. Bare mim- minimum. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. And and the like <laughs> some of the stores and the people we saw. I I honestly want to go back and just stay down there. Fortnite, and I just kept thinking, like, what kind of mess that place must be at eleven <laughs> o'clock on that Friday night. And it was like they they just like take New Orleans things, like they're like throwing beads, you know, like beads are a whole thing down there. And I saw so many, so many old, old, old boobs, and and there's mm. nothing wrong with old boobs, but it was just wild because I've been seeing all these amazing things. And then here comes yeah. a lady who's painted like a fucking tiger, totally naked with her boobs out. And you're like, what? Oops. What is going on here? Where am I? These people are too far out. They've gone too far away from the mainland. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come back. You must come back. And then, you know, you finish your rum drink and you walk around and you're like, oh, you know what? This isn't so bad. This is kind of sick. And, uh, you know, we went into this this fine art place and, Again, had a wonderful Cuban sandwich with a chicken hanging out looking for french fries. The whole thing, Daryl, was truly spectacular. And, you know, the wedding was the best day of my life. The, the honeymoon was the best week of my life. Um, we're, we're excited for our future. And I'm so glad that you were a part of it. And, you know, the, the whole 
the whole thing was a, was a perfect pair. And I'll tell you what, if you're looking for somewhere to go, check out the Florida Keys. You might have a good time. Hell yeah. And uh, we'll pick this up next week, bro. Love you, man. Mm.